0: You're listening to the best of morning drive with Dietrich and White, an on demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now, here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake here hanging out on uh, Radio Row in West Monroe. A row of one (laughs) with
2: two schmoes. Yeah. Let's get rowdy. Kind of like a
1: Radio Row at the Super Bowl, you know?
2: Yeah, kind yeah, of. America. Very similar. Yes. Very similar to that.
1: Would you ever like to be a part of that? No. Me either. Oh, we agree on something early on this Monday morning.
2: Yeah. I have a feeling that we agree on a lot when it comes to doing things in public. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. You can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for your free quote. Before we go, let, let's go there. So, you know, you're relatively young in your career, correct? Is there a major, huge sporting event that would be on your bucket list to cover? As o- a Omaha,
2: yeah. Omaha sounds really fun to me. That's at the top of your list. I think so Why? because it seems like a really fun time because, like, like if you, you're a beat reporter and you go and you cover a team, you know, they play every other day, and like the, the day they don't play, of course they practice. You go out there, you get some interviews, you do a story, but then you're you free. Back. You're free. Like you can go hang out. In Omaha. So you'd like
1: to be in Omaha for ten days?
2: That sounds fun to me. Okay. It really does. Um, that that I think that would be cool. Covering an NCAA tournament would would also be fun. You know, being with the team like Kentucky through their run, I think that would be enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, but I just feel like that would be a little bit more chaotic, plus uh, the traveling and everything else.
1: Hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. think you would go there.
2: Yeah, Omaha. Uh, back.
1: That is one of my goals. I want to cover a uh, NCAA tournament from this uh, area one year.
2: I have no desire to cover a Super Bowl. Uh, it's just, that's just too much. You're right. I mean, like I, like I, I I'd say this all the time how I covered LSU in 2013, and that was a lot. Like just being around all that media for LSU, I can't imagine what it's like at the Super Bowl. And, like, I've, I've been to SC Media Days and stuff like that too, and that's that's, that's just crazy. It's too, mu- too much much. Too much elbowing going on, yeah. you know? It sucks.
1: <laughs> I anyway. mean, you're literally there with, you know, hordes of people, and you're just trying to elbow in there, trying to get by, a you know, a newspaper writer that probably hasn't showered in five weeks to try to get in there. and.
2: Don't get go it. at newspaper writers. You TV people get <laughs> chippy, man. I, I saw two TV guys nearly come to blows yeah, multiple right. times. That's Don't get in my shot. Uh, that's right. Uh,
1: buddy Adam Winkler, actually, he's uh, in Minneapolis uh, covering the Super Bowl. We'll try to grab him uh, this week. This is the second year in a row that he has made his way out there to cover a Super Bowl. When he doesn't have a local tie-in, they just continue to send him there.
2: Must be nice. Yeah. Well, I I don't envy him. And then
1: you're one-man Bannon. And maybe this week I'll tell some uh, Super Bowl stories, uh, certainly for the the time covering the Saints in uh, Miami. And what a headache
2: that was. (laughs) Did you go there? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, I'll have to hear those stories. Yeah,
1: 993 Uh What grabbed your attention from this past Right weekend. here.
2: Right here. Richie's starting us off. He said Jake would cover Ronda Rousey's WWE run. <laughs> I would, Richie. And I got to say, so for those who um, didn't pay attention last night, Ronda Rousey is back, but she's in the WWE. So
1: you're covering something that's scripted. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's one of the if you covered Ronda, Rouse, R- Ronda Rousey's run through the WWE, it would be one of those feature stories. It wouldn't necessarily, it wouldn't necessarily be sports. You know what I mean? It would be one of those uh, pieces on her and how she's changed from going to MMA to WWE. And it's yes, it's scripted, but it's it's also not fake. You got to go out there, you got to perform. Um, which you know, a lot of people liked what she did last night. She, the Royal Rumble happened. They had the first ever women's Royal Rumble. It culminated, and you thought the show was over, and then Ronda Rousey's music hits, and she comes out and just kind of points at the WrestleMania sign. Nothing really big happened, but it was just basically showing that, hey, she's here. And then you know ESPN releases a story saying she's there full-time, huh. full-time wrestler.
1: And they kind of had to sneak her into the, where was that, in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. So I saw some different things on Twitter, people getting shots of her, I guess, at the airport, and that kind of tipped the hand a little bit, if it wasn't already known.
2: Well, I saw TMZ, before this happened, I saw TMZ caught up with her. She was in another country shooting a film, and TMZ called her there and asked her about the Royal Rumble, and she tried to lie about it. She is a horrible liar. Like, just watching that interview where she denied it without, like, fully denying it, It was like, yeah, she's definitely going to be there. Mm. But, yeah, she came out. It was it was what it was. Uh, I think a lot of people were excited about it. I never was a huge Ronda Rousey fan. i would say that. Um, I don't think she's the the best person in the world, but uh, she was definitely dominant at that time. And I think she'll thrive in the WWE because I mean, you look at her judo background; she'll be throwing girls for days.
1: Tabor, did that pique your interest, John Tabor? Back at the uh, Sports Talk ninety seven seven headquarters in Rust. Uh,
2: absolutely. And, and the one thing I took away from it, I saw Rhonda smile more in the three-minute bit she did last night in the Royal Rumble than her entire career in MMA. She seemed to genuinely enjoy the moment. Yeah, she loves she loves wrestling. Like, I, I knew that, like, when I was following her in MMA, she would post stuff on Twitter, her watching wrestling, being giddy like a little girl. I mean, she loves it. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right, Tabor. She's, she's going to... Enjoyed this run more than her UFC run.
1: I think it says it all that we're leading off with that, or we <laughs> led to that. This, how memorable! Oh, week, what? How memorable of a weekend this was.
2: Hey, a lot of stuff happened, but <laughs> yeah. what would you rather start off with? The Grammys? Well,
1: I it was halfway memorable, and I fell asleep, but yeah. So, I, 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 Bruno Mars is the man.
2: I agree with that. I mean, Bruno's ah. Bruno's a cool guy. Uh, and
1: then I think this does hammer home the point: what it's like not having football.
2: Yeah, we will get used to it, man. It was rough Sunday, and then it's a long offseason. Well, you were going to either
1: watch. You said you'd be more interested in the Senior Bowl than you would the Pro Bowl. Did you watch snaps of either?
2: No, (laughs) no, I didn't. Um, You know, Saturday, I I went back home. Uh, My buddy, oldest friend, had a, a couple shower. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that was a thing. Anyway, it was it turned out to be a good time. But that was going on while the senior bowl was going on, so I missed that.
1: I attempted to watch a little bit of the Pro Bowl. I, you know, the skills competition was actually a little bit more entertaining for me than the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's what I said. I watched before the uh, first drive or two. Drew Brees of course looked very good on that first drive. But the fact that you watch literally for 10, 15 minutes and you don't see one player go down. Yeah. It's literally like and the you know, I'm sure they were told, blow the whistle as fast as possible. As soon as a hand is it's on a player, a uh, blow the whistle. So when, when you don't see actually a tackle take place for a span of a series or two, you're like, well, perhaps I need to watch something else. Or go mow the yard.
2: Yeah. There are a lot of different things that you could do than watch the Pro Bowl. Uh,
1: the most exciting part, we got a clip from it coming up later in the show, uh, Drew Brees getting interviewed on the sidelines and his uh, kids getting into a fight during the interview.
2: <laughs> good stuff
1: senior bowl though uh lsu did have a nice representation yeah uh, they had a lot of guys that looked very good
2: they did uh the, the guy who stole the show was dj Chark though and yeah, i'll just read stuart mandel's tweet about it because i think this is how most people feel amazing what the lsu receivers do once they escape lsu's offense and Chark had uh he was First of all, the South co-MVP, and he had over 160 yards in the Senior Bowl, which is more than any yards that he had in, in any other game this year. So, yeah, he showed out in the Senior Bowl. I, I, just reading some stories about it, it sounded like a, a lot of scouts that were there and saw him. It, it made them, you know, do more homework on DJ Chark. I think he definitely elevated his status going into the NFL draft.
1: It does suck. That's always like the low-hanging fruit. But, you know, there is a lot of truth to that.
2: Yeah, it, it, there is. There is a lot of truth to that. But, um, you know, I, it's tr- it is it's true. It, <laughs> it's true. Because I mean, look at Landry and, and Beckham, you know, two of the top receivers in the NFL, when they're healthy, of course, and, you know, when... When they were at LSU, they had a great year with that Mettenberger, but it was nothing like what you see on Sundays now. And so it's just kind of – and we've seen it through the years with, with Reuben Randall, et cetera.
1: Uh, other headlines, other things that may have stood out over the weekend and just some devastating news. This took place on uh, Friday, correct? Uh, Boogie? Yeah, Cousins uh, going down with the torn Achilles tendon. Just a huge blow. The end of his season and, quite frankly, the end of the Pell season now.
2: Pretty much, sadly. Uh, he had the Achilles tear. Uh, it happened on a free throw attempt. He was trying to get uh, or knock the ball away, uh, not the rebound away, and just came down awkwardly, and he's out for the season. And what hurts even more is the fact that this is – he's going to be a free agent. He's an impending free agent, so what do you do? You know, what do you do if you're the Pelicans? And, by the way, at the time, you know, they were streaking. They were um, flirting with that – number five seed, so just awful timing, awful news for the Pelicans.
1: Pro Bowl is in the books, NBA All-Star game on the horizon. Uh, It was announced over the weekend that uh, members of the winning team will get an extra $100,000, so a little incentive for these All-Stars.
2: Well, good. Maybe it'll be a little bit more competitive than the Pro Bowl.
1: I was trying to think of uh, Pro Bowls or All-Star games that I enjoy the most. And I guess you'd have to go back to Major League Baseball probably. You
2: have to. It's it's the the game that's taken most serious, I think. You know, NBA and NFL, you get very little defense. Yes. Until the very end. Yeah,
1: NBA, 161 to 159. All right, great game.
2: Yeah, and that's starting to become modest, too. I mean, they're they're getting up there. Uh, these days and, and point totals
1: other headlines that stand out from uh, this weekend a very successful week for uh ULM Warhawks chalk up uh, two victories this weekend. They get back on track at home Going with that smaller lineup you'll hear from uh, Nick White, of course in the eight uh, o'clock hour Also have a soundbite from uh, Keith Richard on their big week How about Louisiana Tech the Duncan dogs back at home and boy They just demolished Southern Miss uh, Boykin six three-pointers in the first half. Mm. They shot 70% from the field in the first half. They cruised to an 89-66 victory. Good win for the Duncan Dogs. Saw Grambling also with a huge win in SWAC play. Uh, Lady Textures had their reunion in the 2001-2002 teams. Of course, Brooke Store, Brooke Lasseter played on that team, Leon Barmore's final team at Louisiana Tech. But, unfortunately, Textures lose at home to Western Kentucky in high school hoops, uh, we were piping up this game. You heard from Damon West uh, last week on the show. Ravel's head coach oh. went down to score off against Riverside. Some had them, had them ranked as the number nine team in the country. And Ravel flexes its muscles.
2: You think he caught it? I mean, he said, looking at the team, he didn't think they were the number nine team in the country. Yeah. Uh, he said that on the show Friday. But yeah, they go down. They they went 82 to 68, huge win. Malik Wilson went off with 28 points and eight rebounds. Nation Ellis had a big day too with 22 points. Uh, you look at this game, Aaron, and you know Ravel raced out to a first quarter lead. I think they led by double digits in the first quarter, and then turnovers started to mount, yeah. and uh, Riverside came back and it was like a one point game at half, and then Ravel does what it does. It runs away in the second half and. Just a huge victory for Ravel. Hopefully this puts them on a radar nationally uh, for high school hoops.
1: Only thing that's bad about it, uh, the fact it was a showcase game, it does not count. Not, yeah. not that they need their ratings, Ravel. They're going to be number one no matter what in Class 2A. But it doesn't count on the records either.
2: It, it, yeah, that that's what's uh, unfortunate about it because I think that would further help get, their, get them on the radar nationally, like I just said. Um, but, yeah, it would have been nice to to have been able to say that you've beaten them and put that on your on your record.
1: It would also been nice to have some highlights. I made a couple of calls this week to let them know down there you got the number nine team in the country squaring off against an undefeated team here in northeast Louisiana, salty. perhaps the best team that we've had in this area in a decade. Think you can shoot some highlights? We'll see if we can get to it. Guess what? No TV cameras at the game this past You're
2: week. You're so salty.
1: Why is that being salty? It just <laughs> irritates me, man.
2: That's being salty. <laughs> I I get it. Um, You know, if that game would have taken place here, you would have had so many media members there. I mean, that's just—that was a huge game. I can't believe that that nobody showed up.
1: When you got a staff of three or four, you know, it's tough to make it to one of the biggest high school games of the year. (laughs) Calm down, (laughs)
2: calm down.
1: Uh, What other things did I miss from this weekend?
2: Oh man, Uh, the SEC won its first SEC Big 12 Challenge. Uh, so this kind of backed up all the talk that the SEC. It was one of the best conferences in college basketball. Uh, Florida crushed Baylor. <clears throat> Bama came back and beat Oklahoma. Uh, Colin Sexton was huge in that game. Uh, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State won. Arkansas rallied to beat Oklahoma State. And in Kentucky... Beat West Virginia, number seven West Virginia, so mm-hmm. big, big weekend for this. So the
1: demise of Kentucky, they still got a heartbeat.
2: Yes, uh, yes they do. That was that was shocking because I've been telling everybody that I didn't think Kentucky was going to make a run because I didn't think they were as athletic as years past. I gotta I gotta go back on my words there. I mean that was a big win beating West Virginia.
1: Uh, situation continues to unfold also at Michigan State. Uh, well, two of the most high profile coaches in college football and college basketball. Have a job by uh, the end of uh, this week, or let alone the end of next Ooh. month.
2: Maybe not if they keep getting pressed like this. Uh, we got a clip right here of Tom Izzo being pressed by, I believe, it was an outside the lines reporter. Uh, she did not hold back.
3: It's been, you know, uh, a time when there's a lot of distractions, and I think sometimes guys just have to focus in on their job and then deal with the other stuff after, and that's what they did. As I said before, you know, we'll cooperate with any investigation, and I always have. Um, we've done it before, and we'll do it moving forward, and that's about all I'm going to say on it, that we did cooperate with everything.
4: We want to give you every opportunity to answer questions. There's a lot of questions. A big one is, why did Travis leave the program in 2010?
3: I, I, I don't know what you mean. He graduated.
4: He was with your staff throughout 2010 an allegation came forward later that year that from a from a woman and her family to the athletic department that he and two of your players raped her he then left the program later that year in 2010 why
3: to be honest with you i don't remember why he left i know he went to europe to play and and um, as you know i'll 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 still say I'll cooperate with any investigation that's made uh, I did it then I did it before and uh, I'm not gonna answer any questions that aren't pertaining to either basketball or things that I am not going to talk about right now
4: let me ask you this question then looking back at the way sexual assault allegations have been handled by your basketball program do you have any regrets
3: I've cooperated with every investigation, every one, and I will continue to cooperate with every investigation, every one.
4: What do you tell them when it comes to the way they conduct themselves around women?
3: Now there's a good question, and I tell them every day. At the end of every practice, in a huddle, I go over an academic thing, a couple social things, and a basketball thing. And that takes place every single day. And it takes place um, after every single game and every single trip.
2: Wow. Yeah, so uh, Paula Levine from Outside the Lines she came up with a report, uh, for those who don't know, she came up with a report Friday that detailed a culture of sweeping allegations of abuse and sexual misconduct under the rug at Michigan State. And she asked him, she really pressed him about uh, Travis Walton, who played at Michigan State and who was a graduate assistant. And he allegedly uh, was accused of of both punching a female student in the face and joining uh, two Michigan State basketball players and sexually assaulting another female in 2010. Mm. And then he, he, you know, left the staff.
1: I figured she was the one answering the hard-hitting questions there.
2: Yeah, I I think that was her.
1: Uh, Tom Izzo was on the defensive there.
2: Ooh. Like a, he already sounded like a yeah. beaten man. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough.
1: So there you go, Jake. Uh, way to uh, lighten it up here at the end of this uh, first segment <laughs> with uh, headlines from the weekend, things that actually stood out. If we missed one or two, please hit us up, 888 993 By the way, congratulations. Saw it on Twitter. Uh, Tosh Samuel, outstanding player from Ruston. Yeah. Called his name. Talked about him extensively in the course of the last three years. He uh, verbally committed to McNeese. Love it. Uh, McNeese has done well. With, you know, remember Fuller from uh, Neville? Uh, Adrian Goins went down there, a linebacker. He had a great career at McNeese. He, you know, I look at Taj, and I think a lot about, you know, like a, uh, players like that, or you know, now it slips in mind, Neville, linebacker, a uh, Wyatt, Ricky Wyatt. Uh, he went off to Central Arkansas, had a great career there. Guys that, you know, they say, well, they're an inch or two, you know, too short, or perhaps they, they're not fast enough to play at the next level. Next thing you know, they go to a Central Arkansas, McNeese, and they just tear it up.
2: Yeah, and that's what I expect Samuel to do. You know, we've seen him play for years now, and he's been a special talent. And just knowing McNeese's situation, I know they were hurting for linebackers. They needed a linebacker, and I think they hit it out of the park with getting Samuel.
1: 888-993-7762. It's all part of The Starting Lineup. Brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The
0: Starting Lineup. Are you crying? The Starting Lineup. Are you crying? Starting Lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the Starting Lineup. Let's go no crying. Let's get to The Starting Lineup.
1: Talk a little high school and college hoops with the coach, Jack Figpin, at 8 o'clock. Nick White will join us for his weekly visit at 8.30. Orocs, of course, coming off those two huge home wins. They now get forward or look forward to uh, getting a little bit of time off. And then uh, they got the Cajuns coming into their place next Saturday. Cajuns continue to just demolish teams in the Sun Belt Conference. I think every game, I don't know, I didn't see Saturday's result. I know they've won. Uh, if they did win. They won by over 10 points. I think every single game now inside league play has been by double digits. That's pretty darn impressive.
2: Yeah, that's not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in polling uh, the people coming up, asking them for some suggestions for our new segment, Top 10 Thursday. I uh, want to start uh, getting some ideas there. Uh, also, want to talk a little bit about uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, pretty big week. Peter first.
1: King had a great story this morning. I'll read a portion of it, just his relationship with uh, Brett Favre and how he has made this uh, transition from you know, being a Calvary's head coach to an NFL coach maybe a perhaps a super bowl winning coach.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And uh, also we've got a lot of text here to get to uh, and more.
1: The morning drive rolls along after this on the All New Sports Talk
2: 97.
4: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
3: Don't get
0: blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team call vantage health plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to vantagehealthplan.com grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive this hour is sponsored by ronnie ward toyota of rustin
1: Welcome back to the Morning Drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. A
2: couple texts here. Richie says, for the record, you may not be a wrestling fan, but just watch Gargano versus Almas from NXT TakeOver on Saturday. It may change your opinion. Just ask Tabor. Uh, I enjoyed that match. Tabor, did you enjoy that match? Uh,
1: as five-star.
2: Five-star. Yes. Five-star match from Tabor. And another one here, even though Drew Brees is a multi-millionaire quarterback, it was cool to see him deal with what every other father of boys deals with. I just broke up a fight between my boys in the backseat over a nutri breakfast bar, hashtag dad life. Mm.
1: We'll have that clip for you a little later in the show. Uh, my computer's having a hard time uh, loading, so I can't send John a message. No. So I can just tell Tabor, hey, Tabor, cue that uh, clip up here in a, little bit, in a
2: second or so.
1: Uh, that's unfortunate, one of the highlights of the Pro Bowl. It was a tight ball game.
2: I do got to say, the the biggest thing for me regarding the Pro Bowl, and this is just me looking on Twitter because I didn't watch it, the Falcons fans who take every opportunity available to pile on the Saints. Hmm. The NFC, of course, lost. The AFC came back to win. And the Falcons fans used that opportunity to talk about how Sean Payton blew it again. And I was just reading those tweets going, come on. You guys are reaching. You guys are trying way too hard uh, to, to make Saints fans feel bad when you're still just a year removed from 28 to 3. Mm. But anyway, that's that was my major takeaway from the Pro Bowl. Um, I do want to ask people uh, this week, you know, we, we started our new segment last week, Top 10 Thursday. We did the Top 10 plays from the 2017 season last week. This week, I figure we, we could do something Super Bowl-centric. If y'all want to start texting in, give us some ideas, I'll put those ideas on a poll and, and let people vote on it, and uh, we can devote most of Thursday to that.
1: So are we talking about uh, best uh, plays from Super Bowl history?
2: It could be best plays Super Bowl history. It could be uh, best Super Bowl teams, best Super Bowl games. Mm. A lot of options there. What would you like us to rank? Mm. Up to you.
1: Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. 993 Failed to mention it in the headlines, too. Uh, LSU, a tough loss against Auburn.
2: Whew, yeah. Uh, it, that was one of those games where Auburn comes out, and they can't miss. They hit eight of their first ten shots, and nine of their first 15 three-point attempts. So they were on fire. And, you know, you, you start the game, and then, you look down and you look back up, and it's all of a sudden 24-6 Auburn, it's just because they couldn't miss, um, and they they went on an 18-0 run. That's what you know the difference in that game was. But ultimately, this was my major takeaway watching, you know, just about everybody in the SEC by now. Auburn's for real. I, I've had my doubts. I, I've, I've kept kind of waiting to see if they would be for real, if they would continue to keep this up, and they have. I mean, after seeing them play LSU. That was the most impressive SEC team I've seen this year. Hmm. And I know it helps when you're at home and you're, you you seemingly can't miss. But overall, I was really impressed with their athleticism. They were out hustling LSU. And I know last year that would have been an easy thing to say because everybody out hustled LSU. But that hasn't really been the case this year. You've seen LSU really get after people. And uh, they had no answer for Auburn. Auburn was, was very impressive.
1: Uh, also, it was pretty cool. Uh, LSU had a big uh, – I guess a kickoff celebration to get ready for the baseball season. Zach has at the mic uh, saying several things. They're fired up for this year. I made my way out to uh, ULM on Friday. Uh, very excited about what they have in store for them this year with uh, Coach Federico and the Warhawks. Kind of a different feel out there for this year with the change at top. Uh, some things being done to uh, Warhawk Field also. The, the fence, uh, they're padding it. So they're in the process of doing that. It looks pretty good out there, as always.
2: Yeah, you know, Federico was on the show last week, and I, I remember after his interview we got a few texts saying, yeah, I'm going to go support this guy. I want to go see what this guy has to offer for, for ULM. So uh, I think they got a lot of momentum heading into this season.
1: And, of course, uh, we'll work on getting uh, Coach Coop and Coach Burroughs on the show from Grambling and Louisiana Tech. Big things expected out of both of those programs this
2: year. By the way, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but – uh, this Eddie Smith posted something on on social media of Nick Saban dancing. Did yeah. you see that?
1: It's everywhere now. It's yes.
2: incredible. Uh, it's Nick Saban, I guess, in an in home visit uh, with with a recruit and. They started uh, dancing. And, and it's
1: like maybe the uncle's sitting in the corner. He's like, can you believe this? Can you see Saban here? I'm going to capture this on my phone. And it's, uh, you got a good shot of uh, Nick Saban's backside as he's doing the shuffle there uh, in someone's living room.
2: So funny. Yeah. I mean, this man is out here recruiting hard. Yeah.
1: Anything to seal the deal, right?
2: Anything to still do, that's and it right. looks like
1: literally the whole family is in the living room and doing it, yeah. including Saban. Yeah,
2: that's and he, he held his own too. I thought he did well. Oh yeah, Saban can dance. <laughs> Sa- Saban can dance. Saban's a social social guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you got to get the I team on it. Who, who's the prospect and what what star? I guess he was a four or five star.
2: I, I mean, I'm assuming this is the the kid is Eddie Smith. Um, Doug says
1: they were in Slidell.
2: Wow, right. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew they were in Louisiana. I didn't know where they were. Cool. Yeah. Good deal.
1: Yeah. Let's take a timeout. Keep hitting us up. 888 The Morning Drive is back after this.
0: Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information, or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation.
4: Live to drive. I'm Chris Walls, and I'm a truck driver from Missouri. For 13 hours a night, I sit in my truck and I drive. Out of boredom, I'll stop and eat. If I'm not doing fast food, I guarantee there's a bag of chips open on my dashboard. That was all until Andro 400. I started out four months ago, and since taking Andro 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. There's no cravings. I actually don't even think about food. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away, and I can only contribute that to Andro 400. One thing that Andro 400 said on on the radio ad does it attacks belly fat well let me tell you it did the second month is where i saw a drastic change in the size of my stomach i've lost six inches this product really does work
0: so guys if you'd like to experience similar results then get andro 400 the safe natural and inexpensive way to boost your testosterone go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 Good morning, Louisiana. This is The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.
1: Welcome back to The Morning Drive here on the all-new Sports Talk 97. Seven things that you perhaps missed or were the most memorable things from this past weekend.
2: Yeah, real quick, Pat says top ten Super Bowl MVP performances. That's his vote for this Thursday. Still looking for uh, votes for our top ten Thursday segment where we will break down and rank the top ten, uh, whatever, with Super Bowl themed, whatever you come up with. Best
1: halftime 10. shows or worst halftime
2: shows. I think best would okay. be easier so, than worst. So, along those lines, yeah. with, with the Justin Timberlake, uh, ha, would it be best or worst? Timberlake? The, the other one. The, the one that he got in trouble for. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Timberlake's going to be pretty good. He's going to crush it these I
2: shows. think so, too. Yeah. Although his new music is weird, but whatever. That's another subject. Uh, So things that happened this past weekend. It was announced, Aaron. Mm. This isn't going to really – this might not get you juiced up. It got me juiced up. Stipe Miochik versus Daniel Cormier for the UFC uh, heavyweight championship. That's going to be this summer. Why is that big? Well, Stipe is the heavyweight champion. DC is the light heavyweight champion. So this is champion versus champion, and it's one of those deals where Daniel Cormier has never – he's never lost at heavyweight. He's really never lost in MMA outside of John Jones. And so i th- that's why I consider D.C. to be one of the greatest of all time. And uh, to see him go against Stipe, who many consider to be the greatest heavyweight of all time after what he did uh, two weeks ago, yeah, that's a really fun matchup for me. Me and Tabor actually disagree as to who – uh, will come out on top. I, I I think D.C. has the fighting style to beat Stipe uh, simply because, you know, both guys are really good wrestlers. Both guys can take a shot. Both guys can deliver a shot. But I think D.C. has the pressure, and he's a high-volume fighter, and I think that's going to be the difference. Have I swayed you, Tabor? Are you still riding the Stipe bandwagon here? Uh, I'm, I'm still going with Stipe. Oh, I'm still going with Stipe. Okay. That, that's my head. My heart wants D.C. I'm going to root for Louisiana boy but. I just don't see it. Mm. Well, we'll have plenty of time to discuss that before July. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Matt says, top ten Super Bowl chokes in honor of Atlanta. Mm. We know who will be on top. Well, we could, we could devote a whole top ten to Atlanta. Any
1: nominees for Top Ten Thursday, keep them coming. 888-993-7762.
2: Yeah. So if you look at this past weekend, I think the biggest takeaway for me I, I, we should mention, we, we don't talk about tennis hardly ever on this show. There's a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Easy killer. <laughs> Easy. But Roger Federer won his 20th Grand Whoa. Slam title. How old is he now? I don't know. He's got to be 40, right? <laughs> Close to 40, somewhere around there. 36. Oh, wow. 36. That's okay. pretty darn impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. And I don't, listen, I have limited tennis knowledge. But he has to be the GOAT, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just 20 Grand Slam titles, it's, it's, it's an un, it, remarkable feat. Yeah. And to do it at his age at 36, to still be on top of his game, and he's faced a who's who. He's faced some of the best of all time, you know, so.
1: I got into golf this weekend just because it was the first PGA event, and then you're watching it on Sunday, and it's a dramatic finish, and CBS was stuck in a tough, tough spot. You got the, the red carpet with the Grammys coming up, and they kept promoting, it and they're like, man, this tournament has to end. So they basically cut out of it early. I can only imagine there were some furious golf fans out
2: there. Oh uh, Yeah. yeah. Were you one of those? Uh,
1: a little bit. Wife was happy, though. She right. wanted to see the uh, red carpet event. And, you, know, you could flip it to the golf channel if you wanted to watch the conclusion of it. Yeah. Tiger Woods, by the way, 3-under uh, for the tournament, uh, said he's very pleased, promising. He got heckled, though, at uh, on one of his putts, and that fan was kicked out of the tournament. That does bring us to uh, Dwayne. He says uh, one of his most memorable things this weekend, Conference USA crew working Saturday's game actually filed a verbal complaint with tech officials about Boris the librarian and his sidekick at the uh, Thomas Assembly Center hashtag epic. Considering those guys are literally 15 to 20 rows above the court. I mean, come on.
2: That's a compliment. Yeah. That's a feather in their cap.
1: Uh, that's a little crazy.
2: <laughs> he says, skinned." He says by the way, it was for inappropriate language they hear about as well as they see. Um It's funny, man, those guys have gotten a lot of talk time on here. We've we've talked about them quite a bit. I'm working
1: on doing a story. I think it would be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, uh, I would definitely be interested in seeing that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Those officials, come on now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a little much. A little much.
1: Things that we perhaps uh, missed this weekend that caught your attention. I say it goes back to the fact that uh, football, man, with us not having it, and quite frankly, that's the way it's going to be after uh, next week. It's going to be sad, sad times on the tube, and everybody. Else, then that's when everybody will say, "Well, I've been watching college hoops for a while now. I'm all in," and you'll have all these March experts. You have all these experts going into March Madness.
2: Yeah, um, I love March Madness, but until we get there, it's going to be. It's going to be a struggle. And you still got a couple of weeks before baseball r- really picks up with, you know, college baseball. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's not the, quite the summer, but it's it's pretty close.
1: Uh, you, of course, you have uh, both teams arriving for the Super Bowl. I think the Patriots are actually going today. I think uh, uh, the Eagles arrived yesterday. Now they get ready for a week of festivities before the big game on Sunday.
2: Yeah, be interesting to see how uh, Doug Peterson handles – this whole event, too, just taking it in and, you know, reading that Monday Morning Quarterback, um, it, it, it was a really cool story. For those who, who didn't get to read it, uh, you know, Peter King does a great job for Sports Illustrated. He had a, uh, a great story uh, about Doug Peterson, got to spend some time with him.
1: He actually uh, rode with him on his way to work uh, one morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. He's riding in there, and, of course, they're discussing what took place in the the NFC Championship game, and then kind of his rise to being a Super Bowl coach. Uh, Really some great insight here. And the other part of it that really stood out was he talked about his relationship with Brett Favre. And I'm going to pull up the article here in a second, and it'll discuss just, you know, Favre was with him for literally eight to ten years of his career. Peterson was his backup quarterback. And Favre knew early on that Peterson was destined to be a pretty darn good coach.
2: Yeah, and and that's quite you know high praise from a Hall of Fame quarterback like Brett Favre, and, yeah. and you know just to see uh, the impact that Doug Peterson's had on people's lives and in, in, in football, not just the NFL, but but, but all of football, and uh, just you know not before he got to this prominent position. That's what sticks out to me, and I, I thought it was cool just reading that story, getting to getting to see what Brett Favre, you know, said about. Uh, the guy who backed him up, and, man, it was high praise.
1: All right, so they they hunted down uh, Favre after he got done uh, hunting. This is uh, Peter King. He says, yeah, he called me today and asked me about Doug, and I'm going to tell you I'm not blowing smoke. If Doug was working at the cement plant in Monroe, Louisiana right now and not getting ready to coach his team in the Super Bowl, I'd tell you the exact same thing. He was incredibly valuable and important to my career, Favre says. Doug and I together were together for whatever, uh, 10 years, They were actually together for eight, from 95 to 98, and then 2001 to 2004. Farve went on to say, not long uh, enough, if you ask me. The only bad thing for me was that we weren't together for 20 years. I always thought uh, Don Strzok and Dan Marino were like a match made in heaven. That's the way it was with me and Doug. Wow.
2: Awesome.
1: When Doug was with me, I hate to say he was like a coach to me, but he was. Very instinctive. He thought the way I thought. He knew me. He knew what I was thinking. He was able to relay that to the coach or to the play caller. Not a lot of other backup quarterbacks have the headset on, but I wanted him talking to the coach.
2: Hmm. Mm. You know what I liked about that story, too, is uh, King asked Peterson whether or not he felt that the the game against the Vikings was his uh, best-called game. And the way he wrote it, it you you could tell that, he kind of pondered it for a second, like didn't want to just come out and say yes. And he, he thought about it and said, yeah, it, it was my best call of the game. But then it ultimately gave the the, the answer that most coaches do. It, it takes players to, to make the plays happen. But I thought it was funny that he kind of hesitated and I was like, yeah, it, it was my best call game ever.
1: This is the other thing, just how deep Peterson's relationship runs with Favre. Farve went off to say off the field just as much. We ran to the golf course. We ran off to Hunt. Not that anyone ever wants to hear the news that your father died, but Doug, it was almost like good Lord was looking out for me by who uh, he placed with me at one of the worst times of my life. He was actually playing golf with Peterson at the time, and uh, that afternoon, Peterson actually took the call from uh, Farve's wife, notifying him that uh, Farve's uh, mm-hmm. hus- uh, dad had, had died, and literally, Doug was there. Uh, then he in this article by Peter King on Monday Morning Quarterback, just describes what it was like leading up to that game against Oakland. Oakland. We all remember it, the emotion that was going through Favre with his father passing and whether or not he would play in the game. And then he goes out and just has an incredible performance, perhaps one of the best in his Hall of Fame career. Uh, he, he talked Favre about Doug leading into that moment, and Favre said, Doug stayed by my side. Finally, he says to me, Let's go out and throw, kid, because Far was extremely nervous going into this game. Uh, so Favre says they went out on the field, and me and him are bouncing around. I'm throwing it over his head. I couldn't throw a 10-yard pass at that point, and I'm trying to get ready to play for Monday night football. I'm so nervous. I'm just out of it. I'm going to make a fool of myself in this game. We go back inside, farv said. I'm shaking up. Doug comes up to my lacquer and says, hey, it's going to be okay. He said a prayer right there. He put his hands on my shoulder and said a prayer. Then he bumps his fist real tightly on my shoulder. He tells me, you're going to be great tonight. You're going to play at an awesome level. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. Because that's one of the most legendary Monday night football performances of all time. Mm -hmm. Remember? I mean, that was was incredible, the way he went out there and performed after that tragedy. And and to see, to kind of get the behind the curtain, look at that and what Doug uh, Doug had influenced, uh, Doug's influence on that situation. Very, very cool.
1: The other thing, uh, Favre attempted to be the offensive coordinator at Oak Grove High School. You may remember yeah. back in uh, Mississippi. He actually reached out to Doug and uh, Ty Detmer, who was another one of Favre's uh, backup quarterbacks and also uh, coached in the high school and college ranks, and basically asked him, hey, Doug, what advice do you give me about being a coach? <laughs> and he basically said, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid, make a play. Football's not that hard.
2: Love it. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: There's more in this article. We'll get to it maybe in a little later, just on uh, Doug's time at Calvary. And Peterson, to Peter King, telling him it was basically the best four years of his life.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: And we loved catching up with uh, Tag Roma last week, and he was telling us the process of what it was like uh, bringing Peterson to Calvary.
2: Yeah. Very cool. I've got an
1: interview scheduled with uh, Doug Peterson's mom, uh, actually, later this morning. So really looking forward to it. And we'll have that story on KNOE tonight. And I'm sure we'll share some of that audio with you tomorrow morning. Excellent. I'm sure she's got some great tales to tell as she uh, still resides in Monroe. Good deal. Morning Drive continues after this. Hit us up at 888-993-7762.
0: The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Live to drive, are you?
2: 15th at Louisville, Well Road at Cypress, Farmerville Highway in Ruston, and rickbrains.com. Rick
3: Rapid and
0: Wash. Let's get back to the sports on the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.
1: Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Hit us up at 888-993-7762. Some Mondays you feel like you're the bug. Some Mondays you feel like you're the (laughs) windshield.
2: What are we today?
1: (laughs) I feel like the bug for sure. It's a good start to the week. uh, If I could get my computer to work, I'd be all right.
2: Yeah. I'd say
1: text in, but heck, I don't even know if I could pull it up or not. Maybe Maybe Jake can.
2: Maybe some audio files to work. (laughs) That would be great as well. Uh, It's all good. Yeah. It's It's all good. It's It's fine. So, the LHSA had their, their meetings last week, and we we, we kind of hyped it up. And then, you know, Friday is when they actually got to vote on it, so we haven't gotten to talk about the results. Of,
1: it was um, all hyped up for what?
2: For nothing. <laughs> it,
1: it looked like – Was anything decided? It was just basically, let's just
2: status quo. We're fine. Status quo. We're rolling along. It was a status quo. My thing was – and and Tommy Thart talked about this. We had, our correspondent, we had him on Friday. I
1: haven't got the expense sheet yet, so easy.
2: He he did a great job explaining <laughs> everything though, and he he talked about um, the 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 proposal with the forty five teams in, in non select and he even mentioned before they even voted on it, he said that that's probably one of those deals where people are going to have to kind of stew over it for a couple of years before it actually passes. And what do you have to stew over? Well, the what I, you, is so hard about it? But Aaron, you know how people are so reluctant. And the and
1: fact change. it wasn't going to go into effect till uh, 2019 anyway—that gives man. you a year to stew on it.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to still just stew on it to vote on it. I'm telling you, I, I wasn't shocked that it didn't pass. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much called it. Yeah. But the thing that got me. And we talked about it Friday. You know, Division Four passed uh, the, the 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 ruling that they would be like Division Three, Division Two, Division One, where the first three rounds of the playoffs, the baseball playoffs, that is, would be a best out of three. Okay. Class 5A essentially tried to pass the same rule, and it did not pass. In fact, it failed emphatically. It was like 118 to 32, something like that. And I think the reason for that was because Barb brought it to the table and because what happened with Barb last year. Barb be, lost
1: in the first round last year. They were the number one seed. It was a win-or-go-home situation. They lose, so then they're pushing for two out of three, which I think a majority of the coaches, that certainly we talk want. to, yeah. because in 5A, your pitching stats are deep enough to have a best-out-of-three series, and then you're not going to get beat by just one stud And
2: pitcher. it embodies the true nature of baseball, right? You can't just – rely on one kid to go out there and dominate a game and that's not fair i mean look at look back uh, a couple years ago when alexandria had matthew beck i can't remember who they were playing but they almost beat a top seed in the first round because beck was that good Mm. so anyway looking at this it almost feels like because barb was the one that brought it to the table Mm. that coaches were like so against it even though it's what's best for the sport I feel, and I feel like we could all agree. Uh, you know, we see, I saw some texts when we talked about this last time where people were saying, well, it's more exciting. Eh, it might be more exciting to have an elimination game, but it's not true to the sport, mm. in, in my opinion. Mm. But anyway, here, here's, here's, here was the exchange. So, Houghton principal. Houghton's the team that beat Barb last year. Uh, Houghton principal, uh, Gene Cuvion, I hope I'm saying his name right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was against the proposal. And so the only reason why Barb proposed it is because they beat them last year as a 31 seed. Mm-hmm. He's, this was his quote. Just because we pulled off one like the Minnesota Miracle, they want to change it. So if we win the best two out of three, well, be back next year and make it a three out of five. <laughs> Pretty funny.
1: That's good, a good parting shot right that's there. That's a great like parting that. shot.
2: Good Barb, mm. uh, pun intended. Mm. But mm, I just I, I don't agree with, with voting against the rules. Mm. So right. that was just kind of my opinion of the LHSA. It looked like, you know, it started off great with these proposals. Like, man, that makes a lot of sense. That looks good. Yeah, yeah. And then, sure enough, status quo. Nothing mm. changed.
1: And uh, pretty much status quo with the executive director, Eddie Nine too. Nothing really decided on or determined on his fate. I believe his contract runs out next year. Uh,
2: yeah, it seems like people are high on him, They're kind of just reading on it. It seemed like they were he – he got good reviews. Mm. That's what I read. Mm. And I know those meeting that that part of the meetings closed, but uh, anyway,
1: uh, basketball does continue to roll along in the high school ranks. We had uh, several uh, big games uh, last week, especially you look at that uh, district two three A. We were looking for a little bit of a separation. I think we got it with the fact that uh, uh, Wasman not only takes care of one, two, but three teams at home last week uh, with the big win against uh, Richwood on Friday.
2: Yes, yeah, so going into last week, you saw. Carroll as the number five team, and then you saw Richwood as the number 11 team. And so Wasman beat both of those last week. The The Carroll game was, was very impressive because, you know, we went into that game thinking that Carroll would have the advantage in the front court, and Wasman was all over the glass. They were all over the boards out-rebounding Carroll. And then, you know, so they, they, they went on to win that game pretty impressively. And then they beat Richwood again, and yet another tight one, so now they hold two victories over Richwood. So Wasman is really uh, making a push here. They're six and zero in district uh, to go to be undefeated. You know they, they still got to finish it out undefeated, but to be undefeated at this point in the, that district, a district that had all six teams ranked in the top 20 before the district season started, very very impressive.
1: And now when they start playing the, the teams the second time, the one matchup we're looking forward to the most has to be when Wasman has to make that tri- short trip. To Carroll to take on the bulldog.
2: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We're, we're looking forward to that.
1: You got the power ratings where they stand right now in three. Uh, well,
2: this is it's not updated, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. Um, they they haven't updated it yet. But like I said, you know, Wasman was at four and Carroll was at five, uh, so Wasman went on to win you know two games against top caliber teams last week. So uh, Wasman could not make a move up. Although, you look at that, you look at three eight. Yeah, Peabody, tough. Madison Prep, Sophie B. Right.
1: And that's the thing, as well as uh, Wassman has been playing this year, and they've really turned it on, the road to get back to the state championship game is going to be really, really tough.
2: It is very tough.
1: And then in 5A, the, the major team we're looking at is, of course, uh, Natchitoches Central, the top-ranked team in 5A. West Monroe gave them all they could handle last week. We're looking forward to now the rematch with the Chiefs versus Washita uh, coming up is they'll have to go out to Millhaven.
2: Yeah, that's this Friday. Uh Actually, they're going to be at at West Monroe. Uh, Washita has to come to West Monroe. Uh, Washita was at number three. Uh, they got a blowout win last week, um, so they, you know, they're they're putting things together. They're they're still figuring things out. Katie Wallace is getting healthier. Uh, Poole has been great. Paul King's been great this year, um, so they're they're kind of putting things together. And West Monroe don't sleep on them. I think. I don't want to say – I hate saying moral victory, but I really do think they took a moral victory from hanging with uh, Nacida Central at home. You know? that would be a big game
1: for the Rebels and for the Lions. In fact, Washtenaw comes to their place on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, first time out, of course, uh, Washtenaw jumped out to a nice substantial lead on West Monroe. Rebels came back and made a game of it, the first matchup they had in district play.
2: Yeah. And also, uh, I got to see Neville and West Washtenaw play last uh, Friday. Very good game. Back and forth. West West Hall showed up to play, and uh, Neville got, got a squeaker, as you like to say. Uh, so they're back in that district race after losing to Bastrop. Bastrop's been rolling right now. Bastrop is uh, is on a roll and, and is, in, is in the driver's seat for that district. We we looked at that district ahead, you know, try to preview it, going, man, who's going to step up? And Bastrop has, has answered that with a uh, uh, – an emphatic answer. They they have been really really impressive so far.
1: The biggest storyline from this uh, weekend in high school hoops featured uh, Ravel. We hyped it up last week, and of course you heard from Damon West, the head coach from the Hornets. Ravel went down to Scotlandville to play in a showcase game versus a uh, Riverside. Some had them pegged as as high as number nine in the country. Damon West told us last week, uh, don't believe the hype, don't believe the ink. They're not the ninth best team in the state. We went
2: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally.
1: We <laughs> were like, wow, that's some bulletin board material right there. We promised not to send it down south. Well, we didn't, and uh, Ravel goes out and shows Riverside is not the ninth best team in the country. They they take care of business, even though Ravel, a couple surprising stats in this game. They win by double figures. They had a huge second half, but in the first half, the Hornets had, uh, what, 13 turnovers.
2: 13 turnovers, Yeah. yeah. That's, but that's kind of what we've seen all year from Ravel, man. That you see a close first half, a team, a, very, a talented team can hang with Ravel for a half, and then sure enough, the second half comes, and Ravel just t- turns it to another gear that those teams don't have. And uh, it was cool to see Ravel do that down south against a team that's getting national recognition. I only hope that Ravel can get, can now get that national recognition, even though this game doesn't, you know, qualify, doesn't count. Uh, toward the record,
1: uh, Alabama signee from Riverside, uh, Jared Butler scored 14 of his 26 points in the fourth quarter. It was not enough. The stole, the show, and of course the spotlight. Uh, the guy that got a lot of it was Malik Wilson, Ravel's outstanding player. He had a huge game, and he continues to start to get some really uh, some well-deserved, long-overdue attention. Got a number of schools checking him out. I know Eric Conkle was at a game last week. Extremely high on the kid from Ravel. ULM also in the mix, and uh, Will Wade uh, made a visit up there to the Don Wren Classic to take a look at Malik uh, earlier on in January.
2: Yeah, he had 28 points and 8 rebounds, and I was trying to bring up this quote, but my phone, of course, this is technical difficulties day, but I saw a scout uh, was there and, and was talking about uh, Malik's performance and said that he had – some some really difficult shots, and he made them. Uh, so to see him be on that stage and make some difficult shots and do the things needed to win that game was very impressive. So I think he continues to, to build an impressive uh, recruiting resume. Uh,
1: four of the five starters for a Ravel were in double digits. As uh, Jake said, uh, Wilson leading the way with 28. Nashon Ellis had a 22, Jamarcus Wilson 14, and Richard Naylor pumped in 13 points. If you haven't had a chance to watch Rable this year, I highly encourage going out, checking them out. They are fun to watch.
2: So, Preps Hoops uh, Louisiana tweeted about it and said, Malik continues to further cement himself as the top player of 2019, made some really tough shots all day, and played some of the best defense I've seen from a player all year. Future is bright, and any D1 that doesn't start coming after him is going to regret it.
1: So, now they're not only have their sights set on uh, winning a state championship, but also the fact uh, they can finish the year unbeaten.
2: Yeah, that's that's really the the thing we're looking at. I, I think we all can all assume that this team's going to go on and win the 2A state title. Although, you know, it's not safe to assume anything. But this team is so talented. I, I just Madison like
1: Prep going up to 3A. Helps. We would love to have seen a rematch between uh, last year's championship game and Madison Prep, and of course, uh, Ravel.
2: Would love to see that. But, but yeah, but the the road is easier. Um, but yeah, I would like to see them get a chance to go back out there and. You know, it was, it was so weird last year. You saw all of our local teams just go out there and just have bad shooting performances. It was, it was strange. It was, it was weird. But uh, I, w- I would have liked to have seen them get that game back.
1: 7 o'clock hour in the books. You can join us at 888-993-7762. Coming up after the break, the coach, Jack-
0: Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.